Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for the blood. Hallelujah. Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus. We thank you for the blood. We thank you for the mercy that's in the blood. We thank you for the direction that's in the blood. We thank you for the health that's in the blood. We thank you for the deliverance that's in the blood. Father, we thank you for the power of the blood of Jesus. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you that the blood gives access to your spirit to come and live within us, to lead us, guide us, direct us, strengthen us, show us things to come. Oh, to be our teacher and our helper. Hallelujah. We look to him now as we look to your word, that you by him make your word real to us, that you by him speak to us and speak through us. Father, we thank you for your words, that they give light, they give direction, they show us the plan and the purpose. Hallelujah. That you have for us and through us and in us and by us. Father, we thank you. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. You are a good God. Open every heart today to what you want to say. Open every heart today to the words that are in your word that come forth. Open our hearts, Father. Open our eyes that we may see and hear with more clarity, greater understanding than what we've ever seen, what we've ever known. Thank you that you're an on-time God, that you're a right-now God, that you have a word for us right now at this very moment, that your words deliver us from things that are surrounding us, that your words prepare us for things in the future that we know of and things that we don't know of. Father, we thank you that your word is forever settled, that your word will outlast and um, endure and go beyond anything the world has to offer, that your word is eternal, full of power, full of deliverance, full of life, that you sent your word and you delivered us, healed us, and raised us. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Ephesians, we're actually going to be looking at Colossians, but first I'm going to read Ephesians, and I'm so glad you're here. You make it easier to preach. Praise the Lord. And a lot of you make it easier to preach. I just haven't seen her face for a few weeks. So, you have a part to play in what happens up here and what comes out of here. You understand? Like, you're believing. I like Brother Keith Moore. He says, are you believing with me for utterance? Utterance is more than words, but kind of primarily it's a lot of words. Uh, but utterance by the Spirit of God uh, has more included than just the person who's preparing to deliver the message, right? And so I remember we used to travel with, uh, for a few years, we traveled with uh, Kenneth E. Hagen, and when we did, it was really interesting. You could go, we'd go from church to church, mostly church meetings. We had a few uh, conference centers, but mostly church meetings, uh, in meetings in churches, rather. And so when we did that, every church has a personality. And... Uh, he would be able to minister further in things of the Spirit in certain churches than he could other churches because they knew how to pull on the Holy Spirit of God and to flow with God and to prepare an environment and an atmosphere where God can move and God can speak. And God can do what only he could do. Because there's a whole, uh, not, I shouldn't say a whole lot, there are some places where people come together and they name the name of Christ, but there's a limitation on what the Spirit of God is allowed to do. Right? But we, we endeavor to create an environment where through what the Word of God declares and promises, the Spirit of God can have full freedom of movement. Right? Well, some people, they, they want to have like uh, people, 
humans go to extremes. And so they're like, uh, well, if the Holy Spirit, anything can happen. Well, anything that's from the Word can happen, okay? And uh, there are some things that the Holy Spirit may do that aren't specifically listed in the Scriptures real specifically, but the Spirit and the Word agree. In fact, the Holy Spirit wrote the Word of God, okay? So uh, you don't want to get out here in la-la land, but then also you could kind of dry up if you just read the Word without the Holy Spirit. It's just like a history book or words on a page uh, that's where the unbelievers at when they're reading the, the word of God. They're like, well, it doesn't mean a lot to me. Um, it sounds like Jesus was a nice man and did nice things. And if you research it out, you find out like it's impossible that anybody could fulfill all of those prophecies. So you're, that, that would get their mind maybe in a place where their spirit would be open to actually uh, believe. Because the only way you come to God is through believing. It is an act of faith. It's an act of your inner man. It's not an act of your mental man, the man of reason, or your outer man. It, now, those will be affected when your inner man is changed. When your inner man is affected, you will find uh, you, you have a desire to change your mind with the Word of God. Whoa, I slid around. Look at that. And your body will change. Your body, will, will, your body might want to go this way, and you're like, no, we are going this way. Right? But if you try to just do the right thing because you know it's the right thing because it says in the book it's the right thing, and then, and then you, you like fashion and pattern your life after doing the right thing because it says it's the right thing, and this is what you're supposed to do, and this is how you're supposed to live, oh, that is a horrible way to live. That is called religion. And in the church of Jesus Christ, there's a lot of it. Now, sometimes people use the word religion. They're referring to uh, Christianity. But Christianity is, uh, Bible Christianity is not a religion. It is a relationship. And it's not bad to be religious in your relationship from the aspect of you have a consistent uh, walk with the Lord, that you consistently feed upon the Word of God, that you consistently lift your voice in prayer to the Lord, that you consistently turn to Him. If you want to call that religion, okay, right? But religion for the sake of religion is lifeless, and I think it's worse than that because it kind of, you get the idea that you're heading towards God, but you're actually doing it all in your own power. All right, so this is where we find ourselves when we get to Colossians, but first I said I'm going to read Ephesians. So Ephesians chapter 1, I'm going to read one verse in Ephesians that we're going to settle down in Colossians chapter 2 for a few minutes. Um, uh, anybody know where Ephesians is in the Bible? Okay, all right, after Galatians. Okay, Ephesians, I had it marked, but I lost it. <clears throat> Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has, that's past tense, say has. Well, I guess it says hath, but kind of have to spit to say that, so has. Who has blessed us with all, say all, all. spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. All right, this is written to believers. So if you are a believer, 
the Spirit of God brings us the words of God and says that you are blessed with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. I love the Holy Ghost. Because <laughs> he doesn't say that the way we say it a lot of times. I'm blessed with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. And then we leave off in Christ. <laughs> he never leaves off in Christ. Because really it's like in your union with Christ, you have this blessing on your life. Or if you find the place of your being where faith is at and where faith is activated and where God is, that's the real you, that's your spirit man. If you find that place, that is the place where you are blessed with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. So if you look to that place in your being, you will hear the witness of the Lord. That's where the witness is. When I say you'll hear, hearing will come to your spirit. It's like a witness, like, um, you know, you guys see these little lights here? Aren't they cute? I like their copper and they have this little thing there. So you can all go home today and you can say, did you see the pastor talk about those little lights? And if you saw me talk about those little lights, you could say to the other person, yes, I saw that. And that's so much what it's like when the Spirit of God speaks to your heart, is he speaks something, and it's how it comes to you is more like the, yeah, I did see that too, right? That's kind of the knowing you have. It's the best, one of the best ways I can describe that, uh, the inward witness. And so it, it's not something um, outward, but it's something inward, and it's in your inner man. And that's where the faith of God is at, okay? And that's where God is at. And so if you try to live in the blessings of God and live out of your flesh as your ultimate source of information and confirmation and stability, well, that's going to be a mess. I'm sure we've all tried that, and that does not work very well. Okay, well, you could do the same thing mentally and you try to have your, um, satisf so you can have your flesh satisfied. Uh, if your flesh is satisfied, then God is God and he don't ever change. But when your flesh is like, I don't feel like I know God today. I know the sun is shining, everything's good, but I feel so far away from the Lord. Well, that's not where faith is at. Faith is not from the flesh. Well, you do the same thing mentally. As long as I can wrap my brain around it, I will believe. All right. Maybe you've never come to Christ because you cannot wrap your brain around it. Now, you can look at all the prophecies and find out and be like, you can deduce you know what, the odds of one man fulfilling all these are pretty much not possible. Yet this man did. Because, you know, the prophecies were written thousands of years before Christ, and so many of the prophecies, and if you look at all those and you add them up, I don't remember, I should have looked it up for the message, but it's like infinite almost that nobody, no one person could fulfill those if you looked at odds and statistics and you study all that stuff. Okay, um, so you could mentally reason that out, but still, Still, you must believe. 
And belief is of the heart. And you cannot come to God if you do not believe, number one, that he exists, and number two, that he is a rewarder. In other words, you can't come to God unless, what's a reward? You know what, when I was, uh, I don't know, Evie, probably younger than Evie, maybe like 10 years old, my grandparents lived on this creek, and my, my what time is it? Okay. And my grandfather, my grandfather uh, was like me, an Ostrom, or I was like, I'm like my grandfather. Same last name, okay? And uh, so my father's father, obviously. And so um, uh, there's something called an ostrum in our family. And that just means uh, you kind of do it a lot bigger than what's really actually necessary. <laughs> and so, and so, uh, I don't know. I mean, he, he was in World War II. And, uh, you know, so they would, uh, back then World War II, maybe like it is more now with security, but in between when I served in the military, security wasn't quite as drastic as what it is now. Um, but they, you know, they check your car at the gates. So they got to, if you got a trunk, you got to open the trunk, get out and open the trunk because they didn't have these automatic trunk openers and closers. So he made, he made one. And then he, he would get tired because they had the old kind of bumpers, you know, the actual metal bumpers. And so people would like ding his bumper. And so he got tired of that. And so this is not legal, so don't do this. So in order to fix, fix that problem, he made a cement bumper. He like put iron and poured cement in it, and he's like, nobody is going to dent my car. So, <laughs> so, thank you, Lord. So they lived on this creek, in, in town kind of, but on the creek. So they only had like half an acre or something. And um, so the creek's there. And so he thinks, I think I'd like to have a pond. So he gets this big old loader and digs out this huge pond and made this hill. This is before I was born, because I just remember it being there. And then, um, but I did see the picture in the paper of my grandfather on the bridge with the pond. And then I read the article that said, um, this man illegally dug a pond. <laughs> on the property but they let him keep it he got to keep it so we got to play in that creek all the time and um you know they had to put up a zip line over the creek so you actually get on the zip line and you drop when you get to the deepest part of the creek and if you don't drop it, none of these with like these safety straps it was just a t-bar <laughs> so so different day and so we, we we grab on this if you don't drop you go to the end and so he made an island so there was like an island here the main creek goes here and the pond was over here so you drop here but if you didn't drop there you held on you get to the end and there was no break at the end so you just hold on and your legs go whoo like this you come up and you fall back down um and then you could slowly go back down and get back in the water if you want and so on this creek i um there were some bushes, and so I would play in those bushes, and in the bushes, I found a wallet, because uh, right where that was at, so the creek went here and the pond's here, the main road was here, and so people would like, apparently what happened is somebody stole somebody's wallet, and they thought they're throwing it in the water, but they weren't very good at physics, because when they threw it, their you know, direction was this way, so instead of the vector going straight to the creek, the vector took it this way, so it landed on the shore. So I found that wallet. 
when I found that wallet, there was money in the wallet, if I remember correctly. There was a driver's license. So we called the person, and we gave them their wallet back, and I got a, I said all I have to say, I got a reward. <laughs> I got a reward for finding the wallet. Well, God is a rewarder. Huh? Yeah, I, I just got to give you a little insight into my family. And so, um, I, I guess I can tell one more. And so, my family, um, you know, John G. Lake said that the power of God in the supernatural realm is like electricity in the natural realm, it can be transmitted and it can be transferred. Right? And so uh, some things are better conductors than other, others of electricity, and some things are better conductors than others of the anointing. Okay, Like uh, handkerchiefs and aprons were brought to the hands of Paul and laid hands on them, and the power of God went in those, and they laid them on the bodies of the sick and the possessed, and the demons left, and the sicknesses departed. Um, it's in the Bible. If you've never read it, it's in the Bible. It's amazing. And um, you can actually put the anointing into cloth the anointing of the Holy Spirit into cloth. And uh, then that cloth can sometimes go places where you can't go and uh, do the work of the Lord. And so uh, Christmas time, so our family, my family is in um, Indiana. So my brother um, sent me a photo on Christmas Day, I think, or the day before, of this, uh, what we call the shocker. And so this is a family thing as well. And, uh, <laughs> and so he had fixed the shocker. Well, where we got the shocker from was, it was my great-grandfather's old crank telephone. So you'd like crank this up, you know, crank it, and then you make the call. It gives enough energy in the line to go to the operator, and you said the operator, you know, I'd like to connect with uh, Jeremy, the coasterman. And then they would like patch and, and do everything like that. <clears throat> but it has just enough electricity to do it. So it's got, um, it's a little generator basically. And some wires are broke off. So he found another one and connected it up. And so, um, you know, for family fun, <laughs> we sit in a circle and grab each end of that and hold hands and electricity flows through you, 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 you know, when, when somebody cranks it. And your competition is who can hold on the longest. And so Melody, when we got engaged, when we got engaged, I, uh, no, actually for our wedding, the rehearsal dinner, I said, bring the shocker. And so her family thought we were the craziest family ever. I would bring it for show and tell at school all the time, and we'd shock all the kids. And I'm sure nowadays that would be legal reasons not to do that or something. Um, we did say if you've had a heart transplant or a pacemaker, maybe you shouldn't do this. You know, um, but uh, it's fun to have fun with the family. Um, but all of that is like, um, you know, all of that is some natural things, right? But you can see sometimes how natural things can illustrate very effectively spiritual things. And, um, you know, like the, the anointing. It is like electricity, and sometimes people actually feel the anointing like they feel electricity. Like if you, 
if we ever get the shocker here, you know, <laughs> in this state, you could feel it. And my, uh, next time we go home, yeah. I went home at Thanksgiving and we did use the shocker, but my brother did some upgrades to it now. He got it, gave it copper handles and so it's a little more conductive. Um, but it's very similar. So if you get shocked like that, you can actually see like my nephew is engaged now and so they initiated his uh, fiance into this. She didn't want anything to do with it. And now she loves it because she holds on the longest. But she holds on so long that her hand, and somehow she says she doesn't hurt her, but her hands start shaking like this and turning, you know. Well, have you ever seen someone under the power of God? Sometimes people will shake like that. It's the same type of thing, but it, it, it doesn't, you know, injure you. Hopefully that machine doesn't injure you either. It hasn't me. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. And so before you just begin anything, if you are a believer, you must know you are blessed by God. You are under the blessing of God. Now let's take all that and go to Colossians. There is such a wonderful prayer uh, here in Colossians chapter 1 um, that I encourage you to pray if you ever need direction from the Lord. Verse 9, for this cause we also, since the day we heard of it, do not cease to pray for you and to desire that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that you may walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Strengthened with all might according to his glorious power unto all patience and long suffering with joyfulness, giving thanks unto the Father which has made us able to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. That's a great prayer, um, especially as we start the new year to be praying, that you're able to partake of the inheritance of the saints in light. All right, now the Lord's going to help me speed this up, I believe, in Jesus' name. Verse 6 of chapter 2. And uh, apparently we'll be doing this next week as well. As you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. Rooted and built up in him and established in the faith as you have been taught, abounding in that with thanksgiving. Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit after the tradition of men. Right? Okay, so he's going to kind of give us the theme here for the rest of this chapter and kind of what we're talking about, which is beware lest any man spoil you. Now, like, because we're online, I don't really want to say your name, but you back there, young lady, you, and you, young lady, and young people, and any older people, but especially the young people. Sometimes you see people, and uh, they have not been spoiled by the world, or the traditions of men, 
or the philosophies of men. And so um, you beware lest you're spoiled through the, all these things that the world says that mean you're successful, mean you're valuable, mean you're this or you're that. But you got to beware. And us that maybe are, have experienced life a little more, we also have to beware. Okay? Beware lest any man, any human, spoil you through what? Philosophy and vain deceit. Deceit is like trickery, you know, cunningness. You kind of make it appear this way, but it's not really that way. It's a falseness. After the traditions of men, you don't hear people talk about that very often. Don't be spoiled by vain deceit after the traditions of men. After the rudiments or elements, the margin says, of the world, and not after Christ. So remember, he's not just talking to any human. He's talking to believing humans. For in him, that is in Christ, dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. So in Christ Jesus, the fullness of the Godhead dwells in him in bodily form. Uh, let me give you uh, maybe two other translations. Amplified says, For in him the whole fullness of deity, the Godhead, continues to dwell in bodily form, giving complete expression of the divine nature. But you want to know what God is like? Look at Jesus. You want to know what, God, what it would be like if someone fully yielded to God, a human fully yielded to God, that's Jesus Christ. Message translation says, everything of God gets expressed in him. So you can see and hear him clearly. You don't need a telescope, a microscope, or a horoscope to realize, somebody had a sense of humor, to realize the fullness of Christ and the emptiness of the universe without him. All right, let's keep reading. That was verse 9, verse 10. And you are complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power. And you know what I'm going to do? I'm, I'm going to read uh, uh, in a Barclay translation. I apologize. I don't have that back there. Um, in him you have been... Uh, okay. And you have, they don't have the verse references in this. And you have found this fullness in him who is the head of every power and authority. In him you have been circumcised with a circumcision not made by man's hands. It's a circumcision which consists in putting off the whole of that part of you which is dominated by the sinful human nature. which you were able to do by the circumcision that belongs to Christ. In other words, uh, you have this flesh, and the flesh has a certain nature to the flesh. 
And, you know, they were like, I'm committed to God, so, uh, you know, if you're a male and you were committed to God, you were circumcised in the flesh, right? As a declaration, I belong to God. But we're not circumcised in the flesh for the things of God anymore. We're circumcised in the spirit. And that puts off the whole of that part of you which is dominated by the sinful nature. So when you're born again, Actually, you're sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. You're marked. And the circumcision we're talking about now is not an outward circumcision. It's an inward circumcision. It's of the heart, which you were able to do by the circumcision which belongs to Christ. You were buried with him in the act of baptism, and in that act you were raised with him through your faith in the effective working of God who raised him from the dead. God made you alive with him, when you were dead in your sins and were still uncircumcised Gentiles, he forgave you of all of your sins and wiped out the charge list which was set against you, uh, all of your self-admitted debts, a charge list which was based upon the ordinance of the, of the law and was in direct opposition to you. In other words, you had all of these things that you had to live up to and that was actually all opposed to you because you weren't fulfilling all of those things. So you were in a helpless, hopeless situation. God made you alive with him when you, were when you died in your sins and were still uncircumcised Gentiles. He forgave you all your sins, wiped out the charge list, set all of your self-admitted debts, a charge list which was based on the ordinances of the law, was in direct opposition to you. He nailed it to his cross and put it right out of sight. He stripped the powers and authorities of all of their power and publicly put them to shame and through the cross led them captive in his triumphal train. Let no one take you to task in the matters of food or drink or with regard to yearly festivals or monthly new moons or weekly Sabbaths. These are only the shadow of things to come. The real substance belongs to Christ. Let no one rob you of your prize by walking in ostentatious humility. By walking in ostentatious humility. People who walk in ostentatious humility will rob you of your prize. Or they'll try to rob you of your prize. Don't let them do it. I love that because one of my favorite translations of 1 Corinthians 13, the great love chapter, talks about love is not ostentatious. I had to look it up years ago. I'm like, love is not ostentatious. That doesn't mean a whole lot to me. Uh, love doesn't put itself out front and say, hey, look at me. But it has a self-effacing quality. So I read this and I'm like, ostentatious humility. Those two words don't normally go together. That's odd. I love the odd things in the Bible. Uh, let no one rob you of your prize by walking in ostentatious, putting yourself out front, humility. Oh. Who's this going to describe? Okay. In the worship of angels. Oh, this gets even weirder making a parade of the things he has seen. 
vainly inflated with pride because he's dominated by his sinful human nature. Whoa, whoa, whoa. So we're talking about, you, you might be robbed of your prize if you're going to listen to someone who is like, I have seen angels. I have seen them. The Lord has spoke to me. Well, you understand, like, you can talk about, some people still have visions of Jesus in this day. And you can actually speak of those things, but you can speak of them in a humble way like Paul did when he stood before the king. Or like Paul did when he was on the ship and he said, an angel of the God whose I am and whom I have service stood by me this night. Or you can say those things in order to show yourself above or better than others. Well, you better watch out for those people that are doing that because they will steal your prize if you give way to them. Right? All right, let's keep going. I wish they had the verses written in here because it would be a lot easier to go back to where I left off. Oh, ostentatious humility, yeah. Vainly inflated with pride because he's dominated by his sinful human nature. So you find, if you find someone who is inflated with pride, you find someone, someone dominated by the sinful human nature. It don't really matter whatever else is going on you know they're dominated by the sinful human nature. If that's their lifestyle. You know, people slip up every now and then. But if there's a pattern, uh, you can guarantee, I don't care how spiritual they claim to be or you might think they are, if they're, if they're uh, having those issues of pride, they're dominated by that part of their being. They're not dominated by their spirit. The spirit of God always magnifies the blood of Jesus Christ. The Spirit of God does not magnify a man or a woman, a boy or a girl. The Spirit of God will magnify the Lord Jesus Christ. His mercy, His grace, His blood, His goodness. Vainly inflated with pride because He is dominated by His sinful human nature and not holding Fast, that means holding tight, not hold on tight to the head. Who is the head? Jesus Christ. So you find like these people, they may have had some experiences. I don't know if they're real or fake or heavenly or demonic, but they have some experiences. And their reaction to those experiences uh, caused them to be inflated with pride. Well, pride goes before a fall. God resists the proud. He gives grace to the humble. So somebody said, I would like some of those experiences in God. Well, number one, the Bible doesn't promise them. Uh, number two, you may not be ready for them. Not holding fast to the head, from whom the whole body supplied and held together by the joints and the muscles increases with the increase which only God can give. In other words, just hold on to the head, which is Jesus Christ, and increase is coming your way. God will exalt you. And, and you actually get the right heart about it, 
you don't want to be exalted anyhow. You want Jesus to be exalted. How horrible is it for a human to be exalted? Because then people start to rely upon that human or they rely upon that human's ability to follow God. Well, we gave, when he ascended on high, he gave gifts to men and thank God for the gifts he gave to men. And we need those gifts in order for the maturing, the development of the body, in order to receive the things we need to receive. And those are uh, vital elements. But you know what? God is God. And when you set your expectation on the words of a human, you are destined for defeat. There is no faith there. If you put your words on the words of a minister who's even speaking, your faith on the words of a minister who's even speaking the words of God because he said the words or she said the words and you're acting because they said the words, that is not faith in God. You, you put your faith in those words that they spoke because God spoke them first. Because God made them real to you. Because this is what God has shown me. Right? It's very personal. Um, let's finish this and then we'll finish. If you died with Christ to the elements of this world, why did you continue to submit yourselves to their rules and regulations as if you were still living in a world without God? Handle not, taste not, touch not are their slogans. These are the rules which are humanly taught and humanly imposed. And they are the rules which deal with things which are destined for decay as soon as they're used. These things have a reputation for wisdom with their self-imposed devotion and their flaunting humility and their stern treatment of the body, but they have no kind of value in remedying the indulgence of the sinful human nature. So like we started out, if you don't give your life to Christ, or if you've given your life to Christ, if you don't live with your life yielded to Christ, as you have received Jesus Christ, therefore walk in him. A walk is your manner of life, how you're living. If you don't do that, if you're just trying to do everything yourself, you are not a person who is acting and walking by faith. Uh, you're doing it on your own or trying to do it on your own, and you're, you're bound for defeat. You're bound for disappointment. You're bound for frustration. Uh, because we look to the head who is Christ. And when we look to the head who is Christ, we cannot be looking at him and looking at ourselves. And we cannot be looking at him and looking at something else. And so the life of faith has changed direction from everything else and pointed its direction to Christ once and for all. It doesn't mean no mistakes. It doesn't mean no sins. It means I'm pointed this direction and I'm not going to look anywhere else. And if I glance off like Peter did, I'm going to say, Jesus, save me. <laughs> I'm turning back to him. And he will reach down before you go under, and he will pick you right up. And you'll be like, oh, 
Those waves were so big, I was looking at them, but now looking at you, those have lost their significance. And so don't let anybody spoil you. Don't let anybody take what you have been given. You are blessed with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. You're not trying to get under the blessing. You are already blessed. And faith realizes that you're blessed and faith acts upon that reality, upon that fact, upon that truth that you are blessed, that I am blessed. Say, I am blessed. Say it again. I am blessed. One more time. I am blessed because Jesus Christ has blessed you, because God has blessed you through Jesus Christ. And in him, the fullness of God lives and dwells in bodily form in Christ. In other words, there's nothing that you need that he hasn't supplied that he won't supply. You guys know that song? There is nothing that I need that he won't supply. There is nothing that I need supply when I believe, when I believe. Oh, we should sing that sometime. Where's Dave at? <laughs> we sang it before, I think. It's a Clinton Utterbox song. There is nothing that I need that he won't provide. There is nothing that I need that he won't supply. When I believe, when I believe. So I say to the mountain, move. I'm waiting for Dave. So I say to the mountain, get out of my way. And so I say to the mountain, move. He's hiding. So I say to the mountain, get out of my way. Because I believe. Yes, I believe. Amen. Stand with me if you would. You did it, Dave. You hid long enough. <laughs> Praise the Lord. We appreciate you, Dave. Hallelujah. I work with uh, many worship leaders, and I'm very thankful for this man. Because um, so often uh, people that do um, musical things in front of people or try to perform and he's not really a performer and so I'm very thankful for that because the church needs less performers because we have one performer in the church Amen. and his name is Jesus <laughs> he's the performer we are the believers and so um, uh, Dave's always such a a big blessing and a big help. Amen. So I, I want to leave you with this in, encouraging word is that you are blessed with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. You live under the blessing. Don't let anybody steal that. Don't let anybody kind of like uh, put a fly in the ointment, right? There's something nasty in there. God loves you. He has a plan for you. And your avenue to the goodness of God and the blessing of God goes right through the blood of Jesus. And so it's real easy sometimes to get a um, performance mentality that if I just do this, then God will do this. 
I think that's maybe part of the reason that God already did it in Christ. So you're not actually waiting for him to do something. You know, I, um, I, uh, the Lord spoke to me yesterday, something to my heart, and um, I was trying to recall it this morning, and I uh, said something to Melody, I'm like, because I had said something to her about it, I was like, dude, do you remember what that was? And I couldn't remember what it was, and I said, Lord, remind me what that was. And then I, um, as I was thinking about that, all of a sudden, I, I got a little fear. What if that doesn't come back, right? Well, I had that happen so many times, so I know. If you get in that and you start thinking that way and you're trying to receive it mentally, you'll never receive it. It won't ever come back because it's not of fear, it's of faith. So I, I, just, uh, I just ignored that and I looked a different direction. I didn't look with my mental ability because my mind was saying, you won't, you're not going to remember that. But not all... <laughs> Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Ahauri sama ankia andoto inamaha. Ekiri anda aso ora bafeti. E eto ramafanda anki koho kanamada. Eto ora nite indeke indo o samba ala andi kisi. Enga ngo orosho o mahahaha Eta ela ando oko koho kama aha haroto mahakatiya. So not your thoughts coming even from your mind or your brain, but there are memories that rise up and that will come back, and those are aroused and awakened even by your spirit. Not thinking the thoughts like the world's experts would try to declare and tell you that it has to be this way in your mind or in your brain. But these things, uh, these thoughts, these memories are of, of the spiritual thing and the spiritual realm. And so these memories will come back and you have access to them by the Spirit. So walk not trying to remember by your brain or by your reasoning abilities, but look to your spirit. Look to Jesus Christ from the inside uh, by faith in his name and you will find in that place, oh, everything's right there. I can remember. I can think. I can process. It's all there. <laughs> I have access to every bit of it. So I'm not unaware. Oh, but I have a great uh, sensitivity and I have a great awareness from the spirit of God because of what he has shown me and because in the spirit, he has brought it back. And now from that place, I have a platform. And from that platform, the words return, the thoughts return, the mind returns. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Son, remember. Son, remember that you in your lifetime had all of these good things and Lazarus didn't. Your memory 
is not in your brain. Your memory is a spiritual thing. So you can access it. Amen? Amen. Wow. You know, John chapter 1 says that the light of God is the development of mankind. The light of God is the development of mankind. And uh, in that light, your mental abilities develop, increase, and grow. Amen? Praise the Lord. Uh, well, that's what the Holy Spirit was saying. Thank you, Lord. Um, let's pray. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Well, just, yeah, just, we'll pray in just a second. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. My thoughts, the Lord says, are not your thoughts. My ways are not your ways. The ways of men so many times are the ways of reason. The ways of men so many times are the ways of the flesh. But the ways of the Word and the ways of the Lord are the way of faith. And in that way, there is no enemy that can stand against. There is no enemy that can overcome. So walk not in the ways of man, but in the ways of God. Think not the thoughts of men, but the thoughts of God. And those thoughts will cause you to rise above all oh, those limitations and that, that uh, great fence that's even uh, been put to try to put a boundary between you and the blessing. Walk in the ways of God and you'll rise above the limitation. You'll rise above the barrier and actually you'll press right on through. You'll actually leap over a wall and you will not fall. You will rise up in strength that will be based upon strength. And you'll rise up in blessing that will be founded upon blessing. And you will find this is a new way to live. It's a new day to give. It's a, it's a new life. And in this place, I flourish and I thrive. So don't walk in the limited ways that man would offer and give to you, but walk in the unlimited life which I have given, which I have shown, which I have delivered by the blood of my son Jesus Christ. Walk in the very life that I walk in and live with the strength that sustains me. It shall be unto you strength upon strength blessing upon blessing, deliverance upon deliverance, you will not fall backwards. You will not fail, for the blood shall never fail. The blood shall never leave you. My word is true. Declare it. Live it. Believe it. And you'll see it. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Lord. Let's, let's just praise the Lord together for a second. Lift your hands. Uh, he ordained praise out of the lips of his people. Hallelujah. Oh, Father, we thank you. We thank you for a word in season. We thank you that you can deliver us words that we can live on and stand on and launch off of. Hallelujah. Thank you for your word. Hallelujah. 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 Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Ha 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 ha. Ha 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 ha. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you that you are a rewarder. Hallelujah. Hallelujah of those who diligently seek you. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added to you. You shall find him and when you seek him, seek and you will find. Knock and it'll be open. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Seeking diligently just means I, I, I changed the direction of my life. It's headed straight towards God. There may be bumps along the way. There may be tests and trials. If you're in the flesh, you're going to have tests and trials. But you just keep heading straight towards God. No matter what, you keep heading straight towards God. Diligently seek Him. You're rewarded. And that reward, hallelujah, takes so many forms. Amen. Well, Father, we come to you in the name of of our Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you for speaking to us through your word. Thank you for inspired utterance. Thank you for your spirit and the move of your spirit. Hallelujah. Thank you that we get to live by turning our whole life over to you, trusting you. I pray, Father, if there's someone under the sound of my voice that has never given their life to you, Father, that you right now would make real to them eternal things. That you make real to them power of the blood of Jesus and your love for them. Hallelujah. That they would see more clearly than they've ever seen your love, your mercy, your hand of help and deliverance in their time of need. In Jesus' name, with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're here this morning or maybe you're watching online, maybe you're not in the room, but you're online and you've never given your life to Jesus, I'm here to declare to you, he loves you he doesn't care. He's not upset about anything that you have done. He knows the full extent of everything that you've done. And in that state, when he saw you in that state, because he sees the end from the beginning, he sent Christ to die for you. Jesus died for you when you were acting the worst, not when you were the best. It's not based on you being perfect or good, even on your own. It's based on how perfect and good Jesus is and how perfect and good the love of God is. All you have to do to become a part of the family of God is believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead and declare him as your Lord with your own mouth. If you do that from your heart, God is so good. He made it so simple. He will come in and give you a brand new spirit, make you pure, clean, right with God in an instant. Forever, the direction of your life will be altered and changed. A brand new life comes into you. I'm going to pray a prayer in just a few seconds. If you want to pray that with me for the first time or you're coming back to God, I want you just to slip up your hand online or in the room. Everybody should be looking around um, just as a declaration. That's me. I want to do that. I want to come to the Lord. And then all of the believers in the room, when we pray this, just pray, we'll all pray it together. It's a great confession. It's a declaration of what we do believe. Amen? Say this. Say, oh God. I believe that Jesus Christ is your son and that he died on the cross for me so that I could live. He took my sins. 
He took my pattern of sinning, the nature of sinning, away from me. And you raised him from the dead so I could be right with you. I receive Jesus Christ as my Lord. I declare Jesus is Lord. Jesus is my Lord. Fill me with your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen.